Welcome back to this Boiler Basketball Show, 1017thehammer, 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared, just last we got Jeff Julik over there and on the line right now from goldenblack.com, the publisher. Alan Karpik is uh, with us. It is a must-go-to site for you Purdue fans. Uh, whether you need the inside info on your basketball, there's so much going on with football right now, and the whole staff uh, is doing a great job. Everybody from uh, uh, Brian Newberg, Tom Deanhart, Mike Harmon over there, Alan as well. Sometimes they get Kyle Charters over there. What are you going to do? You know, you can't win them all, I guess, but that's still a pretty darn good lineup. Al, uh, always a pleasure to have you on here, uh, especially after another Boilermaker win. As I was pointing out to Jeff a little bit earlier, this is uh, two games in a row. You've asked Fletcher Lawyer to hit a big three uh, at the end of the game, and uh, he has delivered for you. Only this time they actually got the win. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a, it's an indication of what, the ceiling is, in my view, for Purdue, uh, which is pretty unlimited in a lot of ways. When you have a guy like Lawyer who is shooting the ball historically, I don't think he shot the ball this poorly since he was six years old. Uh, and, <laughs> and I just think that um, I think when you have a guy that shot as poorly as he has, and or just has missed shots, and has the guts to not only hit the shot against Rutgers, which didn't turn out as well, obviously, or the game didn't turn out. And then make the shot last night. Um, again, he's just not afraid. And and don't forget think, Nebraska had that big basket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and he's in a situation where, uh, you know, this is a guy that uh, really has a chance to, you know, he's just, he's just a terrific basketball player. You know, I, I, yesterday was Rick Mount's 76th birthday. And um, I was thinking about it. Lawyer reminds me not – he's not – the same, but they looked facially. They just they, they remind me a lot of each other of how he plays, how much he loves playing, and I know how much how much he likes shooting the basketball. So it's been frustrating for him. But again, I just thought it was so such an indication of, of courage, um, just you know, and and having that killer instinct. And, and Purdue's got that. And I you know I'm not putting any rose colored glasses on when you have uh, Braden Smith. And Fletcher Lawyer and 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 Zach Eady and Mason Gillis and on down the line, uh, the guys that have just got a winning attitude. Now they're not going to win them all. Uh, we already know that. We learned that uh, earlier this week. But this is a team that's got an attitude that's going to take it a lot of really good places over the next few years. So you mean to tell me it was Rick Mount's birthday and then IU went into Iowa and had their own Rick Mountain bobblehead night issue with a massive <laughs> lead being blown. That's what happened? Yeah, I think it was something like that. Oh, and, no. and, and, you know, that's an indication, too, the Big Ten, you know, with Indiana blowing a 23-4 to lead and losing that game. And it's just going to be uh, – don't, you don't want to minimize uh, – uh, it's just going to be every every game is going to be this way, you know, in, in almost every game. Just because Northwestern's playing well, you've got teams that uh, you may not expect. Uh, Iowa was in the dumps until last night. Uh, this is a it's going to be an unbelievably interesting next few weeks. And you know, I love Fletcher's comment. He said, "You know, if I was the coach, I wouldn't started me either." <laughs> the second half, and uh, and he said it was the worst uh, half of his collegiate career. Uh, wow, all fourteen games, you know. So, but uh, well, and I that think man have... just keeps performing, and uh, you know, he, him, and uh, Smith, they're just warriors. Yeah, and I and I think that um, you have to give Painter credit uh, for for you know David Jenkins Jr. was huge last night. I mean, in a game where Purdue finally got a flurry going. Um, uh, you know, he, he was a big part of that early and, you know, he's been struggling. It has to be frustrated. A guy that's made all these threes throughout his career and, and his several stops, 
um, you know, those guys, shooters are shooters, and they and they do get frustrated uh, when they don't make when they can't make shots. That's stating the obvious, and and I just thought that was a huge part of that, and the fact that he started Jenkins in the second half, and and Lawyer didn't didn't blink and just came in, did the job, and and again, winning in a, in a place that a lot not a lot of teams are going to win. Uh, this year, though Rutgers should have beaten Ohio State at Ohio State the way the way the game played out. But my point is, is a just a quality, quality win. And Brian made that comment that if they had a two second shot clock, that uh, Jennings would be leading the nation in scoring. Correct? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's just a guy that um, uh, again seems to be has fit, has fit in well. I know again a guy that when you come in where you where you're expecting, uh, you know, uh, maybe to play more, but uh, he had to have known coming in a little bit that uh, he was going to be much more of a role guy or be a guy that wasn't going to make, make his average of what he averaged last year at Utah. Uh, but he could make a huge, he, he showed last night that he has the ability to make a huge contribution and really change the course of the game. I thought he, um, I thought he really got Purdue out of the doldrums and focused on uh, just playing basketball. You know, we watched the first uh, 10 minutes of the game. Matt Painter, I think, was upset. Just the team kind of panicked a little bit, just wasn't to, wasn't into it uh, the way that he expected. And I thought Jenkins really changed the narrative of the game. We're talking with Alan Carpet, GoldenBlack.com, here on the uh, Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, I thought a game, too, last night, Alan, that uh, really – Prove the mental toughness. Uh, Purdue's gotten a bunch of uh, different kind of looks, different scenarios throughout the non-conference, but what they haven't really had was a road game but basically turned into a street fight because I really thought these refs uh, swallowed the whistles and let that game get very physical last night. But uh, Purdue found themselves uh, mentally tough last night, I thought, and uh, power through it. I know Zach got caught on TV with a pretty big eye roll on one of the fouls that he got called for. Uh, but it, it was one of those nights where uh, Purdue gets the line an awful lot, just did not get those calls, but they still found a way to win. Right, and Ohio State's going to play that way also because they've got, of course, even had Zed Key been able to play um, or play more than three minutes last night, might have been had. But, but again, as I, that, that Matt Painter said after the game, um, was clearly, uh, you know, they, Ohio State got production in so many other places that I don't know that you could say that. I mean, Key's obviously a huge part of what they do, but uh, they had other guys that really stepped up uh, in, you know, uh, in the middle. Certainly, Okpara, who as I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, came in and played, played extremely well. Um, and certainly, uh, Eugene Brown. I mean, guys that came, they came in and, and got the job done for them because Brown's a guard. But my point is, uh, that's a good basketball team and a well-coached one, and, and uh, you're going to have to deal with the with with uh, street fights and call in in the Big Ten if Purdue's going to get the job done uh, and and have a chance to win the league. And Alan, seven games in a row where the Boilermakers have not allowed a team to score more than 70 points, and for the season, only two teams have scored 70 points, and that's Marquette and Minnesota. I mean, what does that say about the Boilermakers winning these games with their defense? Yeah, I mean, and, and I think the number under seventy-five is like is like seventy, I don't know, fifty-seven games or something like. I know Rob Blackman said that last night. The number that I thought. Yeah, I, again, I, for a young team um, that that uh, uh, and Purdue probably has some physical limitations. Uh, you know, certainly guys like uh, Fletcher Lawyer are not physically doesn't doesn't have the pre- the presence to, uh, to 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 
command his will defensively. But uh, this is a team that, that plays very fundamentally good defense, and it, and it has, you know, to use a Canadian term, it's nice to have a a, a goalie in, in 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 Zach Eady in the middle. And I don't and start yeah, talking was, hockey. We'll get Jared going. Well, he also mentioned here. Zach Eady, the actual <laughs> Canadian too. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know how uh, repentant he is about the Canadian comment, but go That's ahead, true. Alan. That's true. Well, and and, and but one of the most amazing numbers last night, I believe, Purdue had zero block shots, um, and Zach Eady, who's you know has been used to, and it shows again that, that Purdue was able to do it in another way, and being able to have an opportunity to to uh, you know they do out rebound Ohio State by ten. But no block shots, and uh, that's that's a big thing. Yeah, you know, that uh, Purdue finding different ways to win, and you know, again, uh, you know, especially after a game where I don't care who you are, when you're ranked number one and you lose a game at home against a very good Rutgers team, and I think Rutgers is clearly to me in the upper top four teams in the Big Ten right now, and um, you. You know, just to come back and get the job done, maybe have been part of the problem of the early on for Purdue. The Ohio State came out and played extremely well uh, early on, but uh, for Purdue to get back in that game when it was down, uh, I just think was an extremely important thing. um, You know, and for the Boilermakers to be able to do that and only win and only lead for about seven or eight minutes of the college basketball game, and uh, again, all really strong things that are going to that really indicate. Uh, that this is going to be a really fun uh, January, February, March, and maybe, maybe even April. Alan Karp at GoldenBlack.com. Again, it is a uh, must-go-to website for you daily for you Purdue fans. Get yourself a subscription as well. Uh, I love all the content that they put out there. Great free stuff, but, uh, boy, just to get uh, the access to uh, the full smorgasbord of Purdue uh, uh, Purdue commentary is just uh, well worth the money, I think. That's my personal opinion. Uh, Alan, uh, it's always a pleasure talking some hoops with you, my friend. Uh, enjoy that weekend. Well, thanks. I got it for Mr. Julik. We are now no longer the dollar deal anymore, but it's there's still a deal out there. It's a little. I think it's $30 uh, uh, for an annual subscription leading up to the 2023 football season. Still so, a bargain. Still a bargain. Uh, so still a bargain, and we've been so happy with lucky – fortunate any word you want to use that have had a tremendous migration over and uh, couldn't have gone better so a lot of interest in Purdue sports these days doesn't hurt to have a coaching change doesn't have to hurt to have a number one basketball team as well thanks Alan take care buddy all right thanks guys welcome it is the boiler basketball show 1017 the hammer 1017 the hammer.com I'm Jared Jessalitis we got Jeff Julek right across from me we're gonna spend the entire hour doing nothing but talking Boilermaker and Big Ten Hoops. It's a uh, fun hour for your Friday here right before you head on uh, home from work. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll have uh, our good buddy Alan Carpet coming up here in a little bit. Nate Barrett scheduled to be on as well. But we're all uh, celebrating a, a nice road victory over top 25 opponent last night. Put it in a quad one box. Let's go. Uh, the victory over Ohio State last night. Uh, a narrow win, but a win nonetheless. Uh, it was another slow start for these Boilermakers, but they did find a way. The three-point shot started to fall in the second, and uh, they eked themselves out a little bit of a win on the road. Jeff, we will take it. The Buckeyes' second loss to a number one team in 2023, correct? That is correct. <laughs> 
going back to those football Buckeyes. But, yeah, just a uh, phenomenal game for the Boilermakers last night to come back and win that game. I mean, to start out as slow as they did. And, and they really started out fast. I mean, I thought they were playing uh, – you know, out of control. It just seemed like they were almost panicking. And I don't know if they were reacting to that loss that, that they had. That feels Rutgers. like a, it's a trend, though, right? It feels like they settle for the threes a little bit early on. Zach doesn't really get fed in. And if the threes aren't falling, then they switch those gears up, and then it's more trying to pound it to the inside. I, I feel like that's just been a, a staple of, of Purdue here is, you know, they'll work it around, see what they can do. If there's an inside shot, yeah, there's an inside shot. But I feel like they'll settle for those threes and then they don't fall, and then they get themselves in that little bit of a hole early. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. And, and, you know, and it was just so special. And, and, and what's great about this team is they are a work in progress, and you can see that. But they're 14 and 1. They were number one team in the country for four weeks in a row. Obviously, they're going to fall to second or third or whatever. It may it's be the never case. getting out of Houston's hands at this point. Do you, do you see him on the Fox schedule. Sports 1, uh, the, the halftime show? Fawning over them, yeah. beating uh, a six and eight SMU team, and that's all that conference yeah, is. Absolutely. So, oh god, I, I wish I wish our post was I wish our poll was that low to jump over. Exactly. I mean, geez, you're you're only beating somebody by like fifteen, and then Goodman's all like, I don't know, uh-huh. yep, I don't sure. know about these guys. Maybe not number one. But I tell you what, this team just continues. You know, they had turnovers last night. They were able to overcome that. They just were tough last night. And last night they won a basketball game because they were tougher than Ohio State, and you saw that down the stretch. And, you know, Matt's just done an incredible job making adjustments at halftime and, and, and getting this team. And what do they do? They come out when Zach hits the first three baskets of the second half. But I want to talk about Braden Smith. I mean, Let's you, talk about Braden Smith. You mentioned on his show, on your show yesterday, that that one-to-one turnover-to-assist ratio was not going to get it. He had last night six assists. One turnover, you absolutely nailed that. To be, to, to be fair, I believe I, I made that point of Ethan Morton was doing the one-to-one on the uh, ratio. But I did say that Braden Smith needed to have that bulldog-type game. Like, you needed and him to come did. out, and he absolutely. did, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you say so many wonderful things on your show. It's tough for I know, uh, it's so folks tough. to uh, uh, keep up with everything Thanks correctly. for the clip, but... too, by the way. I appreciate that. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> the promo. But anyway, I tell you what, it uh, you know the, the Boilermakers have just – are figuring out a way to win basketball games, and, and they're going to get better as the season goes on. And, and, you know, maybe last year's team may have peaked in November, and I don't think this basketball team of Purdue is, is even close to peaking right now, and that's great because we would love to see that happen in March and make a deep run into the tournament. It's interesting looking at the box score for me. You wouldn't have thought this team shot 40% from three in the first half. It didn't feel like that, did it? It was the last three minutes of the half. Yeah, 43.8%. <laughs> Uh, in the uh, second half as well. So, I mean, it's just it's kind of bizarre there. Uh, the other thing that stood out to me, you know, Purdue is a team that gets the line an awful lot. They shoot an awful lot of free throws, and they don't foul. But they only finished, it was 8 to 10 free throw shooting. That was it. Uh, I was, I was a little half. bit surprised. Yeah, yeah, a little surprised by that. Um, I, I was on Twitter a lot last night. I don't like to complain about the refs, but I really, you take a look at the data set that we have, and I think you could easily argue, especially when we're talking about Ohio State, that's a physical team to begin with, that uh, maybe there should have been a few more calls in there. Both ways. At least they swallowed the whistle, I thought, on both sides. I felt like it got called pretty evenly the way they did call it. I just thought it was overly physical in a, in a lot of aspects where I'm like, uh, come on now. I, well, I know this is the Big Ten, but The interesting on. strategy was they would grab Zach Eady's jersey and just get a handful. Oh, and, hold and, him and, on and the if, one dunk. He threw the dunk down. Exactly. And the, the, the freshman's got like a handful of jersey pulling him back. And if you saw the Instagram clip of Fletcher's game-winning shot, 
it's it's shot from underneath the basket, and you can see Zach's jersey is all twisted up because he's been grabbed, and they were holding. I mean, and they got away with that. I think they called it one time for grabbing his jersey. But uh, you know, if you're going to let people grab a hold of his jersey and just hang on, you know, it's going to be a rough uh, time for Zach. I will say this because I know the Ohio State fans are saying if Zed Key does not go out of that game. Uh, it's probably a different outcome. However, if, uh, it's not like Zed Key wasn't going to be doing the same thing that everybody else was doing, and that was botting him up, uh, holding, tugging on jerseys, pulling down arms and stuff like that. I mean, it just wasn't going to get called all night. I mean, I, I feel and like... my that, response to that, if uh, Robbie Hummel hadn't dislocated his finger in that oh. phenomenal game against uh, <laughs> uh, with uh, with the Buckeyes several years ago... Um, they would have won that ball game. So things happen, you know. Things do, and in that, yeah. I mean, that shoulder sprain, and not anybody else. It's not really not anybody's fault. It's not like he took a bad bump. Uh, it's not like uh, somebody did anything nefarious. It's just going after a ball. And, yeah, I mean, he just you know, things happen. Wrong spot, and Zach just came down on him, and it it sprained his shoulder. So, but it happens. Brayden, you know, so good last night. Like I said, he had uh, six assists in that one there too. Zach Eady uh, again. 16 points, but uh, a large amount of rebounds. What did he finish with, like, 16-11? Yeah, 16-11. and 11. Yep. So, uh, again, another great double-double uh, out of him. Uh, these were the two top rebounding teams in the Big Ten as well, Jeff. And uh, Purdue won that battle by, uh, what, 10? A margin of 10? Yeah, uh, and out, I was out concerned offensive about rebounds, that. Out defensive rebounds. Yeah. It's not like they got uh, shunned in a category either here. Uh, they they cleaned up the boards much better than Ohio State did in their own house. Yeah, I was concerned about that going in, and the Boilermakers did a wonderful job. of, And, and that kept them in the ballgame. Uh, you know, they, they were getting a three or four shots sometimes in some of those possessions. They weren't hitting any of the shots, but eventually they finally put the ball in the hole. But, uh, yeah, just a gutsy effort by this uh, Purdue basketball team. And, and now all of a sudden you get ahead to Philadelphia and take on a, uh, a really good uh, – uh, Penn State team that uh, will decide whether this is a two and one week or a one and two week, and uh, I tell you what, yeah, your favorite spot. So, yeah, it's going to be a big one on Sunday, and uh, hopefully the Boilermakers I'm, get that. I'm curious and, what the crowd's going to be like for that because I, I feel like I, I've heard a lot of people go, "Oh yeah, there'll be a lot of pro there'll be a lot of pro Penn State people out there and stuff," but. I've never known Philadelphia to be a real stronghold of Penn State fans. Like, I've always thought of that more as like a, a I'm, I'm sure there's plenty in there, but I don't think there is as many Penn State fans as there are like on the western side of the state. Um, out, I mean, point. you get a lot of Philadelphia out there, you know, and there are a lot of uh, Villanova out there in Philadelphia. I mean, that's usually their kind of team. So uh, I think there'll be people there. You know, we always talk about this. One of the uh, problems with the Bryce Jordan Center is in, in the uh, bad attendance there is that that is uh, State College is not an easy place to get to. Yeah. Like uh, you're going from Indianapolis up to Purdue or down to yeah. Bloomington. Uh, that's an easy drive to get there from Erie, to get there from Pittsburgh, to get there from um, Philadelphia is uh, that's that's not fun. You uh, got to get out there real early to make those games, and that's why the attendance usually isn't that great. So you would think on a weekend the Palestra uh, might be a little bit easier, but uh, like I said, I- I'm I'm not sure. But what I do know about this is. I, I do like the fact that they're playing the Penn State in a neutral site crowd, regardless or not. Is This is a good three-point shooting Penn State team. They don't rebound well, but they do shoot well. Put them in a neutral site where they uh, you know, are, aren't used to shooting there. Don't give them that home court advantage. I like that aspect of this uh, going into the game this weekend. 
And Jared, speaking of the crowd, I mean, if you heard the uh, shot that when Lawyer made that shot last night, there was a lot of Purdue fans in, in Columbus last night. And I think you'll see a lot of Purdue fans in Philadelphia because uh, Purdue has a large portion of alumni in the Philadelphia area. So, you know, their chance to go see the Boilermakers play, I, I think it'll be a nice crowd for the Boilermakers. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. Coach, uh, you know, Shrewsbury as well. It'll be a great test, but uh, another one where I feel like um, I I don't know how they test us. Everybody's watching this Penn State team and saying, "Oh boy, I'll tell you what, I'm 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 scared of taking on these guys." Uh, they shoot the three well, but you know what, Purdue tends to defend the three pretty well. On top of that, I don't think they have big guard. You know, their guards aren't big like Rutgers is to where. That puts a lot of uh, pressure defensively. Uh, they like to shoot from outside, and uh, they can't uh, clean up the rebounds. Uh, we do both of those things pretty darn well, we do, don't we? Absolutely. Defend the three and, and rebound well. So, um, I, I, look, I'm not going to say they're not a dangerous team, but I just feel like when you start matching some things up here, I think Purdue's got a lot of advantages. Yeah, but you know they're going to have to slow down Jalen Pickett. I mean, 17 points a game, seven assists, seven rebounds. I mean, just a just a, a triple uh, double type of player and uh, you know and then Seth Lundy how good has he been but you, you know the way Morton's playing defense right now I like our chances and as you said we should have a huge advantage getting those rebounds and uh, they're gonna have a really tough time matching up with Zach Eady as everybody does yeah they, they, they've literally got like no answer for that whatsoever but um, yeah, Penn State number one three-point shooting team uh, in the uh, conference Purdue with the uh, fourth Best opponent, three-point field goal percentage, so uh, something to uh, something to keep an eye on there. But, yeah, Penn State knocks down 10 of those things uh, per game. If you can limit that, which, you know, like I said, Purdue kind of can, uh, then what happens? Then they got to start taking a whole bunch of mid-ranges and uh, knocking those down. Uh, are they capable of knocking those down? Eh, maybe. They do shoot 46% as a team. Uh, this is one of those things I was concerned about going into Ohio State. Ohio State takes the six most uh, mid-range jumpers in the country, and uh, Purdue is like 360th or something like that in allowing those shots. You know why? It's because Zach Eady stays home, and you don't want to go down there underneath Big Maple and uh, try to take those shots. It makes a whole lot of sense. So, you know, how is the jumper game going to fall for Penn State? That's why I say I like playing the Palestra. This is new to them. It's a little bit foreign. It's going to take them some time. It's not a home court advantage. I, I like how this one sets up for Purdue personally, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yes, Sunday night, 6 o'clock. We'll do it. All right, we're going to take a little break here. Hang tight. We're going to come back. Alan Carpet, goldenblack.com. He is our guest next. This is the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. Welcome back. Boiler Basketball Show continues. 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. Let's go back on over to our uh, Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. The man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation is Nate Barrett, and uh, he is with us here with a nice new uh, base tan uh, from his time down there in uh, Florida for the bowl game. But uh, welcome back, buddy. Uh, it's been an interesting week. Uh, as we noted with Allen uh, a little bit ago, um, boy, what a week for Fletcher Lawyer. Uh, he's been called on to hit a big shot at the end of the game twice this week. Twice he's delivered, uh, only this time uh, last night actually does pick up the W. It's been a big week for him. Well, that's... You know, Jaden had that big moment a couple of years ago over there, and Lawyer was just everybody tweeting onions, onions, onions uh, last night. Uh, but the confidence, uh, the guy that, you know, that wants the ball, you know, Matt talking about, you know, guys that want the ball. And those two, he and Braden Smith, they want the ball and have that kind of confidence as freshmen in this league. Hey, 
credit Ohio State guys. I don't know if you touched on it. I'm sure with Allen. I thought the Buckeyes had a great game plan. I thought they did a really nice job uh, early capitalizing off, uh, you know, catching Purdue off that tough loss at home. And, uh, you know, we've been talking on this show and when Purdue would lose. I really didn't think Rutgers would get him a Mackey, but credit Rutgers and Steve Peichel, who's really rebuilt that program from a kind of a laughingstock program when they came into the league, uh, where they are flat, scary, legit on the road and at home, and uh, just have some guys that, that are gritty. But, you know, we can't also forget, in addition to Boyer's great shooting, it's the Ethan Morton steal there, you know, that, that's a tremendous play for Purdue. Uh, really, in some ways, that's the other play of the game uh, to, to help the Boilers seal up that win. And then I thought Purdue was sound defensively. Uh, Ohio State fans, of course, want a foul there, but the way he flailed on that last shot, you're not going to get one there against uh, the Boilers, and uh, it was good straight-up defense, and, and that's a monster win for Purdue, especially in lieu of coming off your first loss. And, Nate, I'm going to blame that Rutgers game on you because you were not sitting behind Coach uh, Painter giving him some late-game <laughs> advice uh, on how to execute that. <laughs> uh, so we're going, to, we're going to give that one to you. And then my Buckeye friends last night said they were just going to watch the last 15 seconds of the game to see which one of our guards was going to hit a, a three-pointer to beat him. And uh, that's been the case three games in a row, two by Jaden Ivey and now one with Fletcher. Yeah, and I thought the Ohio State crowd was, you know, you talked about students going with me, great crowd. I thought on TV they sounded loud. I thought the crowd was in the game. Um, but uh, I think, you know, you, they've got Jack Owens. It's interesting where the, at that point in Matt's career where, you know, you're going to play Micah again, Shrewsbury in the Penn State uh, deal at the Palestra. But uh, you also have Jack Owens, who is your old associate head coach, knows Matt well, very well. And, and he's on that staff with Chris Holtman. But then we have Perry Johnson, who was on Holtman's staff. So it just came to point, this point where these veteran coaches, you know, some of their assistants are with the other guy. And as a fan, it kind of makes for an even better matchup because you, you know very well what the other team is going to do. Uh, I thought Ohio State also did a nice job in spots on Edie. I thought, uh, you know, Zach had trouble here and there sometimes, I think, grabbing, grabbing the ball the way he would like to do. Um, but I thought uh, Ohio State early, you know, had good spacing. Offensively, they were hitting. Purdue, again, you know, very cold there to start the game. But Purdue comes back. And then you watch the 9 o'clock game, guys, and IU just had Iowa buried. And then uh, the Hawkeyes come back and win that one. Very brutal loss for IU, just brutal. And and a major one for uh, for Iowa. They, Iowa desperately needed that win at home and everything going on with, uh, you know, the, the, you know, one of France's sons, Patrick, you know, taking some time off. But my point in bringing the IU-Iowa game up is these leads, you know, these, these leads, uh, they're bad, but it seems like teams can, you know, get hot and overcome these deficits in a way, Jeff, that I don't really remember as a kid. I, you know, it seemed like to me years ago, like when you got down 12 or 15, it's over. And that's not the case in the Big Ten anymore with so many shooters. And, Nate, look at the last uh, three minutes of the Purdue game last night. They were down by nine points, and on three straight possessions, they hit threes, and the game's tied. 
I mean, the Boilermakers, right. it's, yeah. just, it's just amazing how quickly a nine-point lead can evaporate. Well, and Jared knows this, too. You know, Matt has moved so much over this last decade to this huge, big inside and shooters model. Well, with that, yeah, you're three possessions away from being back in it, even if you're in a really bad spot. And I just don't remember that in the Big Ten, you know, growing up. It just seemed like, you know, six, eight points, you'd come back. But these 12 and 15-point deficits were rarely overcome, and yet now – uh, teams teams can shoot their way back into it. I thought, uh, you know, we haven't mentioned his name in this program a whole lot, but uh, can we not discount David Jenkins Jr. and his uh, nearly 19 minutes last night, knocked down uh, three big threes. He was perfect from behind the arc. Another guy that's been a great shooter that has uh, struggled to knock these things down. I mean, it just seems like everybody kind of showed up for this game uh, last night in Ohio State and, uh, it could not have come at a better time for the Boilermakers on the road. I'm glad you brought him up, Jared, because you, you can't talk about last night without him. You're right. He, he was tremendous and timely. His shots came at key moments for Purdue. Uh, David Jenkins Jr. was a godsend for Purdue last night. And you need always, but especially on the road, maybe somebody like that that they're not talking about as much in the scouting report as other guys to step up and help you, and he did. Uh, uh, there were several heroes last night. David Jenkins, Jr. is absolutely among them, and you hope he can build off that for the rest of the year for himself uh, because he, he drilled some huge shots for the Boilers. And don't forget, you know, David Jenkins played for South Dakota State, and he had a huge NCAA tournament game against the Buckeyes. I think he went for 20 points against them. So, you know, sometimes players just step up against certain opponents, and uh, David sure was huge last night. <laughs> Wouldn't have mind 20 last night. That would have been nice, too, but he stopped at nine, unfortunately. Uh, so, Matt's closing in on 400 wins. Huge, yeah. huge accomplishment. That'll join, what, Izzo, Knight, and Coach Katie, right? So, I mean, yeah. how big is it for Matt to uh, hit that 400-win uh, total? It's big, and to do it at 51 years old um, and to, uh, you know, uh, Hopefully, had many, many, many more years of, of going at this thing. I, I think it, you know, we all know what he wants. He wants a Final Four and a national championship. Uh, I'm convinced he'll get one. And uh, and then if you get one, you might get more than one. And then I think, I think he just keeps getting better as a coach. That's the other cool thing, is he's still a young coach in, in many ways, and he's getting better. He I, he's always been uh, very deeply in love with the game but he just keeps getting smarter and figuring out who Purdue needs to be in more and more of a Purdue way every year. And uh, it's a big deal, though. You know, only he and Izzo, every other spot has changed over several times, many of them. And it's just he and Izzo left as uh, this era's uh, deans of Big Ten coaches and, and Tom being the top and then Matt's right there. Uh, it's very special. Uh, you know, for Purdue fans, we, we talk about it, but sometimes not enough. You know, you've had two coaches here uh, since 1980, two coaches in 42 years. Uh, how many schools can boast that? It's not, not, not it's, it's, it's basically us and the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, there, Nate. <laughs> that, that's it. <laughs> and uh, and so what, the, uh, the Bears have had two owners, right, in 100 years, George Hallis <laughs> and his daughter Virginia McCaskey, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, it's, it's very special. And, It'll be special when he 
it's that 400. But the, the best thing about it, guys, is he doesn't care. He just wants to win games and, take, and have his players get better. And, you know, the other thing I love about him too, Nate, is the rep that he has. When you talk about Matt Painter, um, you, you think about the clips in the post game, and, and you think about him, and he's usually calm, he's measured, um, and and truthful. When you think about some of the other coaches in the league, and, and I bring up names, if I say Fran McCaffrey, what's the first thing you're thinking about? <laughs> Francon. You're thinking about Francon, right? If I say Brad Underwood, what's the first thing that's coming to your mind right now? He's yelling at somebody, isn't he? He's, he's currently at the, the second. Time. Exactly. If I say Tom Izzo, you're thinking about a winner, but you also you just pictured him. And does he have a? Does he look happy on his face right now when I'm I picture thinking, Tom Izzo? I'm thinking angry elf right now after that elf sweater he wore during. The <laughs> exactly. And I think that's another. It's it's not just the longevity. It's the it's the rep that he now carries as well as uh, you know. Not only is one of the best coaches in the NCAA, but he's also. Um, you know, one of the most measured and truthful and, uh, you know, one of those guys that you would want your son to play for. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's what's enhanced the program. It is that, that that's his reputation amongst his peers and amongst coaches, uh, at the high school level and uh, around the state and around the Midwest. And, uh, he really wears well something coach Tiller used to talk about, about not getting too high when we win or not getting too low when we lose. And, uh, you know, he just maintains that even keel and it's comfortable to be around uh, for everybody that is around him. And, and that's it's what a big part of why it works. And he, he's laid down very clear standards, too, about, you know, what he's looking for in a Purdue player and what he's not looking for. And, uh, you know, that that's very cool no matter what field of endeavor you're in to, to know, you know, here's what here's what I'm about. Here's my non-negotiables. And you know, we're going to we're gonna ride with this formula, and, and it's been awfully special. we got to enjoy it. And, Nate, I'm expecting an impromptu shower when you get back to the uh, dealership. Everybody throwing their water bottle on you like they did Coach Painter last night. So, Hey, I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> if we sell a bunch of Jeeps, I'm cool with that. Oh, jeez, here we go, you two guys. Nate Barrett, <laughs> the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation. It's always a pleasure talking to him, especially after a W, my friend. Uh, thanks so much for the time on a Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Have a great weekend, guys. Thanks. The Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. With Jared Jessalitis, that is Jeff Julik over there. Uh, great talk with our guests, Alan Karpik and uh, Nate Barrett. But now's the time we'd like to take a look at the standings here. Let's look at the, the table for you soccer fans. And then uh, we'll also take a look at the schedule, all the great upcoming matchups that we have uh, this week right now. Uh, Wisconsin sits on top of the Big Ten along with, Lord help us, Michigan? Ugh. Both 3-0? and that's... One team's 11-2, the other one is 9-4. and five. I was not surprised at their uh, at Michigan's uh, big home victory that they had uh, over uh, Penn State. Penn State. Yeah. Like, I know some folks thought that, oh, that was danger zone. I mean, they've got some talent. Hunter Dickinson's good. That's another, this is another game, too, that makes me feel like um, that, that Penn State's very vulnerable to a team like us because um, they had trouble ha- handling Hunter Dickinson, and uh, that's a similar style to what Purdue will probably play uh, against Penn State. That's true, you know, and uh, and Wisconsin, I mean, they struggled with really, really bad Minnesota teams. God, that was so cool. Did you watch that game? Do you know how quiet it was in the cold center? Oh, it, it was. It was, it was, it was like Bryce horror. Jordan for yeah. a second. It was crazy how quiet it was. Yep. I was absolutely shocked at that one. Uh, but, uh, again, cream rises, though. They're fine. And uh, that's why they are uh, all sitting on top 
of the Big Ten somehow in some way. Uh, Purdue comes in at 3-1 and one along with Rutgers. Uh, then it is Northwestern 2-1, and one, Ohio State 2-1, and one, Michigan State 2-1, and one, Northwestern with that uh, shellacking of Illinois. Illinois is that team where, like, yeah, they got the dudes, but then they got to show up and all play together, and they just don't do it consistently. And how many times I tell you, you there's going to be some teams that people think are good. They go up there to Evanston and just cannot score. And so this weekend, Northwestern heads down to play Bloomington, play IU in Bloomington. So that ought to be interesting. And the other night, Rafael Davis said, team to beat in the Big Ten, Rutgers. So I thought that was interesting. Hey, Rutgers. Look, they got the road win at Purdue, but outside of that, the road, it's, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to hold off. Ray Smart, Ray's a very smart guy, but I'm going to hold off before I declare Rutgers the team to beat in the Big Ten. Uh, then we move down to 2-2 two and two Penn State. They're all by themselves at 2-2, two and 11-4 two, and four on the season as well. Indiana falls to 1-2 and two in Big Ten play, 10-4 and four overall. Maryland 1-3, and three. Iowa 1-3 and three after getting their first uh, Big Ten victory last night. Nebraska also sitting at 1-3, just 8-7 and seven overall. And then there's Illinois down there at 0-3. 9-5, and five, and then uh, Minnesota uh, down there at 0-3 as well. Should not surprise anybody, Jeff. It does not, but boy, that Illinois team at 0-3 is a surprise. Uh, is it, though? Yeah, basically because of they had the big wins early against UCLA. Yeah. They, they knocked off Texas. You don't, you don't anticipate them starting the Big Ten Conference 0-3. All right, let's get into uh, Big Ten action for this week. None tonight. You get the night off, uh, but get prepared tomorrow. Gird your loins for Nebraska at Minnesota to kick off the Big Ten slate on your Saturday. JV game. I know you are so excited to watch that one in Williams Arena up there in the barn. Uh, but then right after that on ESPN2 at 1.30, you got 14th ranked Wisconsin at Illinois. That will be interesting there that because be Illinois has to have a response here at one point. I do believe they've got some talent. Uh, and uh, they're going to have to do something at some point. I would believe that a visiting Wisconsin team coming in would be a great time for them to finally kick it in. Yeah, that certainly would get their attention, you would hope, right? Then there's another very interesting one, the Breslin Center, 2.30 on Fox. It's Michigan-Michigan State. Two teams that I expected would eventually kind of find their stride eventually in this league. Uh, one of them's going to make a case here, I think, uh, on on Saturday. But who will it be, Michigan or Michigan State? And both of them this week look like the uh, Michigan and Michigan States of old. I mean, they played really well this week, and uh, this should be a huge matchup. Uh, uh, and it'll, it'll play a factor way down the uh, season in the Big Ten race. Yeah, you know me. I don't want to play Michigan State in February. I want that early January, as early as I can. If I get into December, I'm good with that. Uh, I don't like to mess with them. Uh, I don't like to go to the President Center in February. Uh, bad things happen to you. Then on Sunday, as Jeff pointed out, Northwestern will head to Indiana. That's noon on Fox Sports 1. Uh, who's going to be left down there? I mean, Trace Jackson Davis looked very ginger with the back. Oh, he did. Race Thompson uh, looks like he's out for a while. We know Xavier Johnson's out for a while. Uh, the panic light's going off in Bloomington, I think. Yeah, they just don't have uh, depth. You know, Renault played quite a bit, but, uh, you know, is it? It's uh, they only have five players, as, as Woodson pointed out, that he trusts. So, uh, this is a very, very uh, uh, tough time for the Hoosiers. And uh, shout out to that fan, Tim, who wrote that tremendous letter to Trace Jackson Davis. If you saw it on Twitter, Tim is uh, absolute trash for right, like a handwritten note to tell somebody that they're 
that, that you don't like them, get out of here. Stop. I'm surprised he even signed his name to it, to be honest. Iowa at Rutgers also at noon is a game that is happening. It is the team that is all offense, no defense, versus the team that is all defense and sometimes offense in Jersey Mike's Arena. Ohio State at Maryland should be a uh, pretty good road test for the Buckeyes. And then at Purdue and Penn State in the Palestra Sunday night at 6 p.m. That game is on Big Ten Network. Nice. Thank you, Kevin Malone. That was good. Uh, there's no action on Monday, but then it does pick up Tuesday back here in the league. Michigan State at Wisconsin up in the Kohl Center. The kids will be back, and uh, that place should finally be rocking. Illinois at Nebraska, 9 p.m. on Big Ten Network. But Michigan State and Wisconsin is going to tell us a little bit about uh, you know, if uh, Wisconsin's going to be for real or not. Yeah, I, I consider there's two really tough games where they have to travel down to uh, play Illinois in Champaign and then uh, host Michigan State. So. Uh, you know, everybody has these tough stretches, and Wisconsin is embarking on theirs. Uh, then on Wednesday, Indiana will have to travel over to the Bryce Jordan Center at uh, 7 o'clock on Big Ten Network. Rutgers at Northwestern. Take the under. <laughs> Take the under in the uh, Welsh Ryan Arena. I mean, that thing's going to be set like in the 120s. And, I'm telling you right now, hey, let's the talk 120s. About Barnheiser. Boy, I tell you what, that young man has been contributing to this. Uh, Shout North... out to the Bronco. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, he has been playing really well, and he, uh, you know, he's making plays and uh, getting a lot of playing time. And uh, he kept him in the game the other night. So uh, glad to see him having a nice uh, career so far at Northwestern. I still like Northwestern uh, a little bit here. Just they play too good a defense most nights. And like I said, Welsh Ryan. What? Uh, did you see their uniforms the other night? The red, uh, yeah, did you blue? like those? Do you like them? I, I've seen them before. Okay. Uh, they played with them, I think, last week. Is, what's and the they revealed them? Red, white, blue, do you know? And that's the whole, it's the Chicago. It's Chicago's Big Ten oh, team. So it's like a city logo. Type. Yeah, they always okay. do that. If you go up to Chicago, it's always Chicago's Big Ten team. Gotcha. It's, it's okay. Northwest. So they got the uh, the Chicago, you know, like the star, like the flags and stuff okay. like that. Gotcha. Okay. I thought the shorts are fired. The logo takes me a little bit to get used yeah. to. And uh, there's no purple, which is kind of weird for me. me Shorts are fire, though. Yeah. Um, But as far as alternate jerseys go, I've seen worse. Yep, I have. It's not bad. Like, I think it's it's something different. It's not something that I would associate with Northwestern, put it that way. I wouldn't think they go that far out of the box, which kind of surprised me. But it's grown on me a little bit. I'll give them that. It's, It's not a bad look, but shorts are fire. Uh, then on Thursday, it's Minnesota going over to Ohio State, Value City Arena, 630 Fox Sports 1. And then you got Michigan at Iowa, 7 o'clock. Take the over. Take yeah. the over. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can almost say for every game in Carver-Hawkeye Arena. But what, 30 uh, points for Murray last night? But so, uh, this yeah. one here, take some player overs, make some money in that one. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Uh, this league can be predictable at some times, and uh, I believe that's another spot that you can uh, go ahead and do that. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the uh, Boiler Basketball Show. I want to give a big shout-out to uh, Nate Baird as well as Alan Karpik for being on with us. Always such tremendous guests, always great Boilermakers, and giving us all kinds of uh, great perspective here. And we want to thank you guys, the listeners, for uh, hanging out with us for another hour of the Boiler Basketball Show on 101.7 The Hammer and 101.7TheHammer.com. We'll see you next week.